Welcome to CEO on the Go, the show about personal and professional growth for busy leaders like you. I'm Gail Lance, and I'm here to help you think differently, solve big problems, and inspire change. It's tough to do on your own and even with a team, but it is possible. So let's get started. Has anyone ever said to you, that manager has no self-awareness about his communication, or we're concerned about that employee's professionalism, or that vice president is rough around the edges? Or maybe you've thought to yourself, I know that I'm a good leader, I'm just not confident as a speaker. If any of those thoughts or comments sound familiar, you're in the right place. Welcome to CEO on the Go. I'm really glad that you're listening today because we're talking about communication, perhaps one of the most, if not the most, talked about leadership skills. I know in my own experience working with many leaders and organizations, they often cite communication as a major problem. Communication is a broad topic to cover, of course, but I've got the perfect expert to share with you to break it down and cover some ideas that I think will be most helpful to you, especially if you or someone you know wants to increase your confidence or simply improve your communication skills. Deborah Boswell is a good friend I've known for many years. She's a communication consultant and coach specializing in helping executives, managers, and technical experts communicate their expertise in a clear, confident, and professional manner. Deborah has background as a speech pathologist, so she brings clinical experience to each corporate assignment as well. Her book is called Become a Confident Business Communicator, and it's filled with insights from her three decades of working in the trenches with hundreds of managers and executives and training thousands more in seminar settings. You can find the book on Amazon, and I really encourage you to check it out. We're including a link to the book in the show notes. Now, I know Deborah as someone who cares deeply about the people that she serves. You want her in your corner, and I'm grateful that she's been in mine for so long. I feel really fortunate to know her both personally and professionally as a friend and colleague, and I'm excited to introduce you to her and her work today. Enjoy my conversation with Deborah Boswell. Deborah, welcome to CEO on the Go podcast. Thank you so much, Gail. This is exciting. Good. Well, I, I know you and I are good friends, and we haven't even seen each other during the pandemic. So it's, Absolutely. it's great to yeah. see you on Zoom and to reconnect and Thank to hear what you have to say on this topic that I, I think is so important. You know, one of the most recent episodes that I did focused on what I said was one of the most important leadership skills that's not talked about, which was imagination. But with you, I think we will be talking about a, a, a skill that is often talked about when it comes to leadership and one of the most important ones, and it's communication skills. So I can't wait to get your take on that topic, especially on how to build confidence. And um, I know you'll be sharing some tips and insights along the way. So I just I just think this is one of the most important skills that leaders need to be continuing to work on throughout their careers. I, I know I've done that personally. I know you have too. Anyway, I'm going to jump in just with a question about you know, why do some people lack confidence in the first place when it comes to communicating in business? That's an interesting question, Gail. There are a myriad of reasons that people lack confidence, but if I tried to look at some themes over my 18 years working in uh, corporate 
the corporate world and helping others build confidence and credibility through the way they communicate. I would say that number one is not having preparation. So maybe it's presentation skills or maybe it's some type of um, interaction they're having with the board and they're, they don't know how to prepare. So either they've not had proper training or coaching or they are last minute planners. And so they lack, lack those skills to prepare ahead of time. They wait till the last minute and then they're hit with nerves. And so sometimes it, that that's the reason. I'll tell you more often, though, what I find is it's something that someone has said in their past, something you think about, we all grow up in families, and that's where our first influence comes from, and it influences our communication. And many times, one word spoken by someone you care very much about will stay in your mind, and it, it makes you feel like you're lacking in that area. Here's an example. I had a, a gentleman, he was a physician. And he was being asked by drug companies to speak. And he, he said, I don't know. I don't speak well. And so he found me and we started working together. And finally, at the third session, I said, you know, Dr. So-and-so, is there something holding you back? Is there something someone said to you in the past about your communication skills? And he teared up and he said, I will tell you where this comes from. And he said, I was, he was a minority. And he said, I was a young boy, six years old on a stage in front of a lot of people. And I forgot the lines, my lines for the school play. And he said the entire audience laughed. And he said, as a child, I didn't realize they were just laughing at the situation. It felt like they were laughing at me. And he said, from that point on, I've avoided speaking. And he said, in my mind, I'm not a good speaker. So you just never know. I keep a box of tissues, you know, on my on my table in the room that I coach in because so many times communication or the feeling that I'm not a good communicator, I'm not a good speaker, comes from something someone said or a situation that gave them that impression. And then that self negative self-talk just continues over the years. So Yes, I can relate to that. And 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 I bet a lot of people have to dig deeper. They may not even be aware of what it is that has created that kind of uneasiness about it. But it is so common. And you and I also uh, talked before a little bit about imposter syndrome, which I know that you you see in your clients. And Yes. And I've felt it myself. I, I know that when I heard your podcast on imposter syndrome, I thought I have two clients right now that I'm coaching around their communication, that that's the problem. I have felt it. It's not something that goes away and never right. comes back. It resurfaces. <laughs> it does. You have to remind yourself. So that, yes. that was an excellent podcast and I enjoyed listening to it. And that that's pretty prevalent in leadership across the country, I think. Yeah. Are there any other common challenges that you're seeing, especially among leaders and executives, you know, in their day-to-day work that seem to be most difficult for them? Mm-hmm. You know, I would say that something I'm seeing more of is and it's something you said when we first started this podcast, you said to me before the podcast, and that's listening. I think that is really the secret skill that if you think about it, listening is the only communication skill that's not about ourselves. It's about the other person. And I will tell you, that is not the reason people will say I need help or he needs help or she needs help if it's a some other stakeholder. But once I get feedback on their skills and I meet with them, many times I realize we have a listening problem. And it's not that they talk too much. It can be that they talk a lot, but it's that when they are listening, they're listening for their own agenda. They're listening for what they're going to say. And so I do believe that many times is a barrier for being an effective communicator 
Yes. in terms of leadership skills. I love what you're saying. In fact, just this morning, I had a conversation with a, a senior executive who seems to feel pressure to be the updater, to provide announcements about what's going on. It's it's more one way. And I suggested that he might want to schedule some listening sessions, you know, which is, it's not a typical meeting and there's a lot less talking, but just to, to position it that way, I thought would help him understand the importance of that. Good Leaders um, a lot of times aren't used to doing that because they feel like they need to be communicating information to their teams or to whoever they're, they're speaking with. But to really become a practice listener is such a fundamental part about being a good communicator. And as you know, I mean, there's a misconception or misunderstanding that, that leaders have to be extroverts and extroverts talk. Right. <laughs> and that is so untrue. It, it's a myth. And really good leaders are good listeners. Yes, I couldn't agree. That's even more important. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. That's one of the challenges I have with the podcast. I could listen to you and and not jump in. (laughs) (laughs) I'm more my nature. So you built, you, you, you have excellent listening skills and you see the value of that. It's so important. Well, so what would be a good starting point, do you think, for anyone listening to begin to either improve or, or develop more confidence? What are some of the basic starting places? Well, let's begin with sometimes we think we have a gap. And so maybe it's not necessarily tied to the negativity we've heard in the past, but I have people say, you know, and this has happened and you know, my background is speech pathology, but I've had clients who said I was in speech therapy as a child and I'm just thinking I still have a speech problem. So I I try not to speak up. I don't want to embarrass myself. And really all they need me to tell them is you don't have a speech problem anymore. I had a gentleman who was learning disabled as a kiddo and he came to me. He didn't need any coaching. He really needed to be told you don't have what if you had a learning disability, it is not impacting your ability to communicate. But I would say if there is a gap, maybe you have a strong Southern accent, maybe grammar, you have a weakness in grammar. And the higher up you go, the more obvious that becomes. And it's definitely not associated with leadership, poor grammar skills. Maybe it's a foreign accent. Maybe it's that you've never had presentation skills coaching, whatever whatever that gap is that you believe you have that might be holding you back in terms of confidence, go for it, identify it and find some help. I've done that in my life. I bet you have as well. I know those areas that I needed to brush up on or felt weak in. And so find what you need, whether it's self-help, a coach, therapist, whatever that might be. That's the first step. And then I do believe you can fake confidence till you make it. You can't fake expertise. That's really how I got started. I didn't know what in the heck I was doing. I was a speech pathologist, but I knew what I had to offer in terms of communication skills could be used in corporate America. And really all I had done, I had worked in a a hospital setting, in a school setting, but I'd never worked in corporate America, America per se. You have to do whatever makes you feel confident. Preparation is key. Identify the blind spots, those areas, those gaps, and then just get out there and start doing it and learn from the feedback. Some of the initial feedback just about destroyed me. You may can relate to that, but I learned from that hard feedback. So much of what I avoid doing now or what I'm doing more of, whether it's coaching, training, or speaking, is based on the feedback I've received. Yeah, And that was hard feedback. Yes, yes, receiving feedback. Oh, my goodness, it takes me back, you know, one of the resources that I found many years ago when I was earlier in, in my career, or when I first started was Toastmasters International, which was a great forum for me to practice speaking in a friendly environment and felt supported. I know that to, to get to the next level to seeing yourself on video 
is another uh, painful, but <laughs> important way, necessary way. And I know you do a lot of that in your work with clients. Yes. Yes. It's very hard. It's hard for me to watch myself and my clients struggle. I remember once looking back at a client, I was sitting a little bit ahead of him and we were watching the video of his presentation. When I looked back to comment, I noticed he was looking down at the floor and I said, <laughs> listen, this is for you. I've already seen you once. This is yes. for you, not me. I know it's difficult, but take a look, try to be objective. What is this person doing well? What can they do better? Yeah. To be more effective. So what, it's did, hard. what advice do you give people who are struggling to receive feedback without feeling like they're crumbling or, you know, being knocked down by that? Absolutely. You know, the first step is to, well, number one, be prepared, know your reaction. My reaction typically is, it might be to cry or to be defensive, which most people are defensive. And so if you know what your reaction is, typically when you receive hard feedback, you want to try to manage that. So when you're caught off guard, you get some hard feedback, go ahead and say, this is hard for me. It's hard for me to hear this and I'm, I'm struggling, but I, I do want to hear what you have to say and then start asking questions. So someone says you come across as arrogant. Well, what what is it? What does it look like when I'm arrogant? I'm not sure I need to, to understand more about what this looks like so I can choose if I want to address it or not. And so first, understand your reaction. Then second, learn to ask questions instead of trying to protect yourself get more information around the label, whatever label they're using in this. Yes. Yeah. I often say, get curious, Mm -hmm. try to try not to be defensive, just get curious and ask questions like you say. And I I really like your advice too, about being transparent about how you're feeling Yes, to say, I'm not sure how to take this or this feels uncomfortable, you know, to just put it out there. I think people should feel like that's a, a good thing to do. And it really helps kind of break through the ice that you might be feeling. Mm -hmm. It it sets the stage for your emotions and the struggle you are having, but that you're willing to stay here and take and listen and learn from it. Yeah. So what about the leaders who are delivering feedback? What, What advice do you have if they have to deliver tough feedback or if they have to share something that might be uncomfortable for them to deliver? First, I think any leader who's delivering feedback, you must have good When I say documentation, I don't mean written down necessarily, but you need to be able to explain. So whatever label there is, and we know the hardest feedback is about ourselves, you know, the the subjective, how we do our job or something about our personality. It's rarely, it's not hurtful to hear you need more training or you need this certification. And so to, to be ready and prepared to give additional information so the person can understand it. Otherwise, it feels like you're a sniper. Yeah, you know, there's nothing you have to back this up. And so it's not valid if you can't back it up, Mr. Leader. And so the leader needs to make sure they've observed the behavior, they can describe it. And then I, I do believe there's a book by Doug Stone and Sheila Heen called Thanks for the Feedback. And they talk about triggers, triggers that create reactions in individuals when you give feedback. And I think a leader should understand those triggers so that the leader doesn't take it personally. And the leader can say, oh, this is a relationship trigger. Oh, yes, I see this. This is a truth trigger. And the third one is an identity trigger. Because once you start to understand why the person is struggling and why they're defensive, then you have something to work with to help them be able to hear your feedback. Yeah, yeah. Well, I know we're we're running shorter on time, but I wanted to touch on some of the changes that are happening, you know, as a result of the pandemic and people kind of coming out of this now. What are some of the communication challenges that you're seeing? Have have things shifted 
because of what's happened, I know I'm seeing a lot of people, it's almost like they're rusty, you know, when they're trying to present in front of real people again, or live yes. people. <laughs> yes. Um, even some of the most experienced people that I know say, well, you know, I, I, I have been away from people for so long. What are, what are you seeing in terms of things that have changed or shifted? It's funny you should say that, Gail. I, I did my first live in-person presentation, you know, since last, what, February, I think, and I felt rusty. It felt felt like it was all brand new. So what I see is changes. I believe that that virtual is here to stay and it will always be part of our way of communicating. I think it's so many different ways to be communicated with now. So it's not just face-to-face, it's and it's not just email, it's text, it's all kinds of social media, it's video calls. And so presenting talk about putting your best face forward virtually. A lot of people, you give a lot of thought. Think about what it takes to make this podcast successful mm-hmm. in terms of sound and <laughs> a setting. Lot. <laughs> a lot. That's right. Yeah. And we are those that choose that are given the option to work from home. You definitely need to give some consideration to your virtual presence because you are going to be competing in terms of opportunities, advancement with people who will be in the office And managing a virtual presence is a lot more work than most people realize. So I think knowing how you present virtually, I'm talking about your appearance, your interaction, your body language, facial expression, your voice, and then so many different ways to be communicated with now. And we got to master all of these means of communication. Yeah, I think even the hybrid model too, I think is especially challenging to me. It's either easier to do all in person or all virtual, but having to to do both, man, that's a, a more difficult kind of hurdle to conquer. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, any other thoughts as it relates to to helping leaders become more effective, more competent in how they're communicating? I know we could go on for a yeah. long time and it's a wide topic, but <laughs> it really is. But what are the most important tips that you would want to share? I would just say leaders, I would encourage you to to understand the importance of communication, to model good communication. And as you said at the beginning, where this is not, there's not an endpoint to developing your communication skills. It's something we'll try to manage and work on till we aren't on this earth any longer. I don't think there's one master communicator. And so value those communication skills, model good communication skills for your employees, for your leadership team and um, their managers and the direct reports under them so that it's a a top-down approach that we value expertise, but we also value communication and it needs to be transparent. We want to build trust and listening. That is one important skill to focus on for any leader that, that might be listening to us today. Yes. I just wanted to add the importance of practice, real life practice, because I think you can read books. You know, I know a lot of clients were like, well, what what should I listen to or what should I read? But where you really get the gain is by being in front of someone like you, an expert who helps people improve communication or being in a group and feeling awkward and continuing to do that over and over I still consider myself someone who's practicing podcasting. I've done close to 50 episodes now, Deborah. So this is awesome. But amazing. But I still, right. I, every time I learn something, I'm transparent uh, as I can be about, you know, what I'm learning through this process. But I know that it's getting, I think, hopefully better and better because I'm doing the reps and putting myself, you know, in uh, situations to that test my skills. So I encourage anyone who's listening to really not just read 
but to do the work, wouldn't you say? Put into action. Yes, that's right. That's right. Good. Practice. Good. Well, tell people how they can find you. I know that I, I love your book so much. Become yeah. a Confident Business Communicator is Deborah's book. So that is one book, the book to get, like I said, but the book alone should be coupled with some other action steps for sure. How can they find you and where can they find the book? Yes. Okay. The book is on Amazon. So they can go to Amazon and and find the book, just put in the title or my name. And then my website is the best way to learn more about what I do. And that is DebraBoswell.com. So D-E-B-O-R-A-H Boswell.com. Fantastic. Well, I, I encourage everyone to check out the, the wonderful work that you're doing and to read the book, like I said, and to um, get out of your comfort zone, you know, to just do what you think you need to do to move the needle and to become more fearless and confident about how you communicate every day. I couldn't agree more, Gail. Thank yeah. you so much. Good. A lot of fun. Good. Well, thank you so much, my friend and wonderful expert to have uh, today. And to everyone else listening today, I hope you move forward communicating with confidence or even more confidence and doing the work that matters to you. Until next time, take care. Thanks for tuning in. And as always, feel free to share this episode with someone else who might benefit or leave a review. Be sure to connect with me on LinkedIn or visit workmatters.com. You might also want to check out the Social Movement TV show, a bold new docuseries that brings together entrepreneurs from all over the world to solve impossible world problems. I'll be featured in season two, and you can learn more by visiting workmatters.com forward slash social movement. Until next time, keep growing as a leader and doing the work that matters to you.